everyone. Welcome back to the Loyal and True Podcast, the podcast for Oklahoma State fans who are loyal and true, maybe to a fault. Well, Jared, happy new year. Uh, how's it going, man? It's a new year, and I'm happy, so well, that's I, guess, good. I guess it's going good. Yeah. So far, so good. What are we, five days in? Yeah, as, as of this recording, we're five days in, and um, I guess you can't complain too much about that, can you? Can't complain too much about it. <laughs> well, Jared, uh, it, it's been a, a week. We've, we've seen the, the end of football. We've seen the um, beginning of conference basketball. And uh, I asked you off air, where, where do you want to start? And uh, we kind of thought we were done with football, but boy, if Twitter... Um, if Oklahoma State Twitter was anything this week, it was active. Twitter has occupied, has kept my life um, busy these last this last week. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not really um, the social media. Like I get on, I do social media, of course. I get on and I check the you know the Twitter, the Facebook, Instagram. You know, I do all that stuff. But I, I'm just the, I'm kind of the occasional, I check it and I don't ever really post a whole lot. Um, Twitter probably more so just because there's a lot of good info out there with, uh, you know, in the sports world. But, but this week, I mean, I couldn't put my phone down. I had, I had my Twitter on refresh like every 10 seconds, Yeah. you know, just waiting for some news to break. And if the rumors were rumors or if there, you know, was any you know truth to them or you know i try not to get my hopes up because i know how it is being an oklahoma state fan you get excited about something and then you just get burnt so yeah it's kept me on my toes to say the least yeah and i mean it's it's been a fun fun little ride uh you know first it it all kind of started this wasn't necessarily a twitter rumor but the it kind of got the twitter storm going uh when tylen wallace announced that he is returning uh, for another year, and of course, you know he went out after the Iowa State game. Or, um, yeah, after the Iowa State game with an injury, and so it's kind of unknown whether he was going to move on to the NFL or come back. Well, he's announced he is coming back, and then Jared, it just kind of uh, went wild. You text me on New Year's Eve, and I had been away from my phone, hadn't been checking Twitter or anything that whole night. Um, suddenly, with all the coaching rumors. And, you know, so out of those rumors, it was Gleason's gone, Munkin's coming back, Casey Dunn is staying. And um, so far, it seems like two Brandon, Whedon, Brandon uh, Whedon, the quarterback coach. Brandon, Brandon Whedon, the QB coach. Um, you know, I don't, who knows what else there was, but uh, so far, a couple of those things have actually happened. And a couple of them, I think you can still chalk up to the rumor mill, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a second because things weren't done yet because then. The Oklahoma State football team took it upon themselves to all start tweeting the Canadian flag out, and that expanded to the coaching staff, to even Coach Gundy, all the way to the administration. You know, Chad Weiberg, the assistant AD, tweeted, uh, fellow coaches in, in other sports tweeted the Canadian flag, all in support of Chuba Hubber, uh, presumably. And of course, people will read into it what they want to, whether that means he's staying or whether that means he's going. But Jared, that thing got so big, even Todd Monk who was previously yes. associated with the Twitter rumors, uh, he even tweeted the Canadian flag. So what do we make of all that, this? That I'll just add on that. That got me more excited. I mean, I was like, 
you know, sometimes you just get that jolt of excitement that hits you and you just can't. I was at work when I saw Todd Munkin tweet that Canadian flag. Yeah. And I just got all kinds of, let's go, you know, like, it's going to, it's happening. Munkin's coming. He's happy because Tuba's coming. But, you know, I just, all kinds of, set. then I kind of came down to reality and thought, wait a minute, this, you know, this could be just a big, you know, you know how players get and stuff. But it's, I, well, first off, I, I mean, I think it's cool, regardless of, you know, we all wanted to stay. But even if he goes, I mean, I th- I just think it's cool that uh, a team has so so much support, you know, to a player, and you know, it could be, you know, they could all maybe know and that he's going, and not, you know, it could be their thank you for your time here at yeah. Oklahoma State and a great, you know, a great season, you know, kind of a send off, you know, it, it could be end up being one of those deals, but uh, you know, we don't we don't know, and so until I guess we, we hear news. And so it just, it, it's excited. It just has excited the, the Oak state world. Yeah. So. And, and it's kind of fun from a, a, you know, fan perspective um, is it does kind of generate buzz, gener- generates excitement about something that, uh, you know, coming off the Texas bowl loss, fans aren't necessarily excited about now, you know, out of all these rumors, Jared, a couple things have seemed to happen. The first being uh, Sean Gleason, has taken the OC job at Rutgers, and uh, he goes back home to New Jersey, and uh, so he was here for one year. So Gundy is left without a, a hired offensive coordinator again, but then you've also got everything saying that Casey Dunn is back, that he he was originally going to UNLV with Marcus Arroyo, but now he's back. So does that mean that he will become the new OC? Like what made him decide to stay? And then again, you've got all the monk and stuff because the, the Cleveland uh, head coach got fired so far. There's been nowhere on the rest of the coaching staff. Although usually in the NFL, if it's not a hire from within the whole staff goes. So, you know, who knows? Um, it, it's hard not to get excited about the possibility of Munkin. Um, but I, I'll be honest, Jared, right now, I feel like I'm, I feel more like it's more likely that Casey Dunn gets moved up to offensive coordinator and that well, Munkin either stays in the NFL or takes another job. He's been already been linked to the Mississippi State head coaching gig that's open. And um, so, but I don't know, like if, if, if we're just going to play the speculative game, we don't have sources. Oh, did you notice that? That Chuba also tweeted out sources say in quotation yeah. marks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what to take of that. Like, is he, I don't know. What's your thought? Well, I, my, my thought on that in particular was that Chuba was just saying, Hey, listen, like nobody knows. I, I personally don't think that the team knows. I think yeah, it was just I, like, I don't a, either. I think it was just like a, you know, either a, hey, let's start this without Chuba knowing it and try to support to bring him back or Chuba sitting in the room with whoever started it. And they're like, hey, this would be pretty funny. Let's all do this. Um, You know, so I don't think it indicates a decision one way or other from Chuba. And I think his sources say uh, quote was kind of that like, listen, nobody you guys don't know yet. I haven't talked to I haven't made a final decision. I haven't talked to Gundy. I haven't talked to the team or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, kind of what I thought. I, I mean, he said, the, the only thing I get at is like, you know, listening to Gundy, you know, I was pretty shocked in the statements Gundy made just right after the bowl game yeah, as how, far as like how certain he seemed that Chuba was going to be back. Like yeah. he made the comment, I think Chuba will be here. 
next year. You know, it wasn't like a, well, you know, we'll wait and see. We will love, we'd love to have him back, you know, but it's, you know, he made the comment, I think he'll be here. Like, yeah. And so, you know, that, that of course doesn't mean anything. Any coach could say, Hey, I think he'll be here. And then, you know, and not, but it's just, I don't know. It's just exciting to have something to talk about. Yeah. You know, this is usually kind of the debt that you, not much talk going on with football. And, you know, now the, the whole transfer portal has come. Now it's kind of livening things up a little bit because now we get, you know, players coming in from different, you know, to talk about that. But this is like generated some, like you said, some buzz uh, around Oklahoma State. And it's like like it was trending on Twitter for a while. Like you, you could search something and then you could see you know, Canadian flag. Yeah. There was, you know, we don't talk politics on on here, but there was even one where President Trump tweeted a, a picture of the American flag. <laughs> so, so people turned that into like, no, wrong flag. It's the Canadian, you know, and started, yeah. you know, yeah. using that, which I thought was kind of funny. But like, it, it's just, I kind of wondered how all of it would work. Like, first off, all these rumors that, that could build up, but it would take, a reaction of something else happening, meaning like, well, Gleason's our offensive coordinator now. So how does that, we're talking about Dunn possibly being retained and staying. Well, what does that mean for, and then possibly Munkin? Well, we were talking those before we even had word on, you know, uh, uh, Gleason being yeah. out of the picture. And so we're like, well, how, do, how does that fit? And then we started hearing that Gleason's out and then, and then, uh, then we hear Munkin. And so I was thinking, you know, the, the things I saw was, you know, Munkin would be the, the, uh, OC and then kind of the head coach in waiting or whatever. And mm -hmm. then Dunn would be the co offensive coordinator. And then maybe that would be the stepping stool for Dunn that he would take over as coordinator. You know, if, if Munkin moved up and Gundy was out, but, but I was just like, wasn't Dunn kind of the assistant head coach, like, yeah. Associated head coach, whatever you want to label that, but before he was gonna leave. So how how does that work when he leaves and then come back and now Munkins in that spot? Like, you know, I was like, unless you know, I I was just wondering how that you know would work with Dunn being. It's it appeared that he was kind of the next guy. Yeah. And then now you know if Munkin comes back and and then Dunn stays, you know he would be almost like that third guy. And so, um, but who knows? I mean, that could all, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I, I just don't know what to make of it all. I would love for Munkin to stay here. Maybe it's just Dunn's way of saying, Hey, like, you know, he would have his opportunity to, to co offensive coordinate with, uh, Munkin. And then, you know, if maybe Gundy does have like a three year plan or something where he's, you know, thinking about, because he did say, you know, that he wouldn't be doing it forever. He's not going to be one of those guys that, you know, stay forever yeah. coaching. So maybe he does have like a three, four-year plan where he says, hey, Monk will be the next guy. You know, then you will move up from there and just get, you know, him some experience. I, I don't know. I'm just – it's all rumors and it's all fun to talk about. And, and uh, that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. I just – wouldn't you love that, though? I, I've been watching videos of Monk and – you know, they had those highlight reels of him when he yeah. was OC. When that ESPN and, show, they did that this show is, on him. This is, yeah, and this is what um, I would be more excited about. You know, we I, I've been critical of Gundy on, on certain things, and I think one reason maybe uh, Gleason left is because if you watch tapes on Princeton and what they did offensively, 
uh, with Gleason, it is it was not the same as what he was doing at Oklahoma State. Like yeah. you could tell that Gundy had his hand on that, and that Gleason was reined in and limited probably to what he could do. So, you know, people think, well, why would you go from Oklahoma State offensive coordinator to Rutgers coordinator? Even though I'm not saying it's not a bad job, it's it's you know, but still you're leaving Oklahoma State same position. You know, you're not really upgrading any. Which I know he's from that area, so that that has some, some you know, ex, you know sugar on it, whatever you want to call it. But I'm just you know I was asking those questions. Why, you know, why would he, why would he do that? And and I think maybe, you know, with going there, he's going to have more free range to do what he likes. Monken's the type of guy that he's Gundy's not going to be able to, you know, Gundy's not. Hey, it's going to be Monken's show. Yeah, you know. He's not going to be able to have his reins on here. So that's what I was fired up about. Yeah. We need, in my opinion, we need a guy that let him call his offense. Let him. You're still going to be head coach and you know have your say and all that stuff. But but you hire a guy to do a job. Let him do his job. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I I agree. I think, and that's what a lot of OSU fans, when they think about Monk and they they think about that because we feel like since Yersich was hired that that's. That's Gundy's mo is to bring in a guy who, who let him do his thing, but do his thing within a very, very yeah. set box, to yeah. use a term that Gundy uses often. And and Munkin, um, it we, we as fans just tend to believe that Munkin went outside that box, regardless of what Gundy said. That's why it's funny watching some of those clips from that show when the the cameras in the booth and Munkin's yelling and doing doing all his stuff. Well, you hear him be like, "No, let's do this, let's do this." He's yeah. like, "No, no," yeah. and you're like, "Who's he talking to? I wonder who he's, yeah. who he's, thinking, he's talking, talking to." Gundy. Yeah, is he yeah. talking to Gundy? Wickline? Who's he talking to? Run um, the play. Yeah. And so, you know, that I think as fans, that is what fires you up. But that being said, Jared, like, like I said, right now, if I were just to, to take a wild guess, because none of us really know, um, I would say I think Dunn's being elevated to the OC. I think Munkin will, will continue to do Munkin things somewhere else. That's my yeah. guess, because that's why else would Dunn not take an OC job when, you know, with a guy he likes yeah. and, and all that, except... Um, but, but my thing about that is I'm okay with that one because Dunn's been around, he knows the system, he knows how to recruit, he knows what Gundy wants. And obviously if he's been here this long with Gundy, they can work together. So hopefully that would mean Gundy might trust him a little bit more. But secondly, Jared, you know, back in that Oregon state game, game one this year, when the coaching staff got locked in the elevator, you know, uh, Dunn was the one calling the plays and they went for a touchdown. So that was our best series. Yeah. That was Dunn is one for one to our knowledge as an OC. So, Hey, he's a hundred percent scoring offense. Yeah. I like that. Well, I mean, you can't deny that. That that was a huge retain, a huge, a huge, uh, uh, get for Gundy to be able to, I mean, I guess it hasn't been confirmed. Or has it been confirmed yet? I don't well, know. It's pre- it's pretty much a he's not taking that job at UNLV. Yeah, yeah. a paper out in in Vegas they confirmed that he's not taking the job. Yeah, um, the way so, the way I saw it. So I think I saw, I thought I saw somewhere like a he's already been offered like a three or five year deal or something like that. Okay, you know, and then I did see I I mean I did see where the ball is definitely like going back to Munkin in Munkin's court like. OSU has basically offered him, and it's in his court. They're just really waiting on Munkin, 
you know, it's, it's up to Munkin. Like, yeah. now that's just, <coughs> excuse me, as you say, as sources say, but, but, you know, I saw some pretty strong um, sources tweet that out that, you know, is pretty much, you know, OSU's offered him, you know, a position, whatever that may be. And, and uh, it was up to him. It's up yeah. to him to, you know, what he wants to do with that. But here, regardless, it all, going back to the Canadian flag, we got Wallace. If we could get Chuba back, we'll have Spencer another a, a year under his belt, you know, with a little yeah. bit of, you know, uh, experience. And, and, I mean, just a lot in our defense. I mean, the way we kind of ended, like, even, you know, the Texas A&M game, I, I thought we did a lot of good things and we got – some guys were getting back and they, we, they talk about, we should have, um, uh, I just went blank. Uh, he's been gone for almost stinking. Oh, bondage. Two years. Give me, yeah. Bondage. I, I went blank. Uh, there's talk. Maybe we would have him. We'll have him next year. Yeah. You know, get back. So, I mean, a lot looking up, a lot to be excited for. I just, I just wish Chupa would hurry up and yeah. <laughs> make his decision. And, well, but it's great. He's going to take as long as he needs because yeah. he <coughs> rightfully needs to. That's a big decision. Yeah. So. Well, you know, he said after the, the Texas Bowl, he'll take a couple weeks. And so, you know, everyone's going to be on, okay, it's been over a week now. Let's see here. So what's he got? Yeah. Four or three more days to make a decision, you know. and But he, he it's a big decision. And, you know, like we've said on here, I mean, it's his decision to make whatever happens. But but as a fan, you can't help but think about the possibilities of having, you know, Hubbard in the backfield, Sanders in the backfield, Wallace on the outside, mm-hmm. um, Braden Johnson, you know, on the inside. You you look at a defense that's really only losing, um, you know, one player, A.J. Green, and, you know, barring yeah. any barring any transfers or anything like that. So um, definitely. And I just hope we, if we do, if he does come back, I just hope we don't waste it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. we've, we've had that in the past where a big time player has come back and decided he wants to come back. And I, and then that year, it's like we didn't even do any, anything with him, you know? And it was like he should have just went. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, of course, how do you not use Chuba? So that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, Oklahoma State Twitter was alive and well uh, into the new year this year. So um, we'll we'll stay up to date on it as best we can. Um, but but at least, like you said, it gives you something to talk about uh, as we're we're headed to the long off season of uh, college football. So um, but Jared, uh, switching gears, yeah, it is now conference basketball season. And um, unfortunately for the Oklahoma State men, they came up on the short end of the stick at Lubbock, losing to Texas Tech 85 to 50. And yes, it was pretty much as bad as that score sounds, Jared. It was not very good. It, uh, I was out of town and kind of on the road as that game was going. And it sounds like it's a good thing I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it started out well enough. We, we talked about on here last week that the Cowboys got, they got likely back. And we've said, you know, they go as likely goes as your and a goes. And unfortunately, neither one of those guys got on track uh, in the game on Saturday. Your and a finished only one for two from the field. And he finished with three points and then only uh, one rebound. And so he only played 12 minutes because of foul trouble. And, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, that's not going to cut it. 
when you need someone like that to anchor that middle. And then Isaac Likely, um, he played 27 minutes, but he's only one of six for the field from the field, two points, two assists, and two turnovers. And so when those two guys aren't aren't performing, it's going to be a hard road for for the Cowboys because um, you know you could you the, a lot of the talk was about these young freshmen off the bench and and Cowboys have depth now. Well, this was their first conference game, and really it showed um, it, it showed that it was their first conference game. Avery Anderson was probably really the only one that took advantage of his playing time. Um, he finished with nine points in, in in fifteen minutes, and but even you could tell with him, you could tell things were still moving a little too fast, but. Um, really, it was just the the beginning of the second half. The first ten minutes, the Cowboys could not score, and Texas Tech could do uh, could only score. And um, it was thirty six to thirty at halftime. Uh, Lindy Waters hit a jumper right at the start of the second half, made it thirty six thirty two, and then before you know it, it was fifty four to thirty two. Um, yeah, I, I was I did see like I was listening and keeping up with it, you know. And- like I said, at first I was like, "Hey, I think we hit like our first six shots or whatever." Yeah. Or get up, got up six or whatever, and it was kind of thought, "Hey," and then it just kind of went from there. So. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, the the Cowboys ended up giving up forty nine points in the second half, and part of that, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I never played college ball, but in high school, it's, you know, there are certain games when it seems like the opponent's making everything and you try to force a couple shots and, and maybe turn it over, make, take, take some bad shots. And I mean, overall things just start coming apart. And that's definitely what happened. There wasn't anyone when tech was making that run, there wasn't any one player who just stepped up and, and kind of tried to silence the crowd and, and keep the Cowboys in it. And, um, it just, it just didn't happen. You know, as a team, OSU shot 28% from the field. Um, that's hardly going to get it done against anybody, but against a top 25 team, you're, you're just not going to win shooting 28%. And then on the other side, tech finished shooting 54% from the field. So, you know, all around it was, it was kind of, I mean, in, in, in Boynton's short tenure, I would say this could potentially have been maybe the most disappointing loss that that yeah. we've had in Boynton's tenure. Yeah, especially the it generates you get excited because of kind of the non-conference play what we've done. And even though I know we had we've had one really other big lopsided game mm-hmm. um, this season, but uh, you get excited about it, and then you jump into Big Twelve. You're going to open up against the number twenty-two, you know, team in the country, thinking, hey this is an opportunity to make a name for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it kind of gets away from you like that. And, and so, but Hey, you know, we, we saw them, you know, we've seen them respond, you know, after, you know, games like this. And so, you know, I know, you know, one thing, uh, Boynton does is, uh, he knows how to talk to the guys, get them motivated. And so, you know, hopefully they can look past it. They better look past it because they got some tough games, it doesn't get any easier yeah. in the Big Twelve. Yeah, there there are no off nights in the Big Twelve, and um, the West Virginia comes to town tonight on Monday, and uh, for for a eight eight p.m. showdown in West Virginia, uh, you know they had they had a week of up and downs. They upset a top five Ohio State team, and then they go to Lawrence. Uh, on Saturday, end up losing by seven to number three Kansas, and so um, they had kind of an emotional week. And you you don't know how how they're gonna gonna respond. But uh, the the thing that West Virginia brings that Oklahoma State could struggle with is they bring a heavy duty front line, 
and it's their kind of traditional post players. And um, if if the, if your and A specifically is not careful, um, he's going to spend more time on the bench than on the floor. And then you know, unfortunately, there there's some height behind your, but there's not a whole lot of experience, and and it's guys yeah. who who haven't had the opportunity to. to um, hit that the the weight room, you know, quite quite as much, and so um, they need your to stay on the the floor, and you know they need likely to be able to um, really play. And you've got to imagine he's still um, battling, you know, whatever this illness was uh, pe- that, that he was dealing with. You got to feel like he's still trying to come back um, from that. But uh, you know, like you said, there there are no easy games in the Big Twelve, and so. Um, it's time to just get right back at it. <laughs> I was, uh, did you watch any of that West Virginia, Kansas game? No, I, I didn't get to see any of it. Um, but it, I know it was close back and forth. It, it was, it was one of those games that, um, Lawrence, being in Lawrence, uh, definitely probably helped. Um, yeah. you know, so, but, but, uh, West Virginia, like I said, they've got a big front line. They play a lot of players. I think they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine guys who average over 10 minutes a game. And then a 10th guy who's, uh, at over, um, no 10 guys averaging over 10 minutes a game and another guy averaging eight. So he puts a, he puts a lot of bodies in and, um, but then, uh, Derek Culver's their big man in the middle. He's averaging 10 and a half points a game and nine and a half rebounds a game. And so yours going to have his hands full and, um, but, he can handle his own as long as he can uh, stay out of foul trouble and as long as the refs let him play a little bit. But like you said, you you would expect the Cowboys to come back and and put on a good performance. Um, you know, in that Tech game, it, it wasn't just that Tech was so great and Cowboys played so bad, but there were just times when, you know, a, a little bit quicker uh a little bit quicker run out on a three point shooter, hands up, things like that could have really made a difference. And it was those little things that hopefully Boynton, even in a two day turnaround, can can correct and, and the Cowboys can hopefully take care of business against West Virginia tonight. Yeah, I, 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 hey, it's going to be a huge, uh, huge game. I, I mean, I, you really, these are one of those games you look for Gallagher to kind of get back to what it used to be. I yeah. mean, we, we've seen Boyton's, you know, he, he started filling the seats again. They, he started generating some excitement around basketball again. And, and, you know, people are showing up for this team. They, they see how much, you know, especially the last couple of years, there hasn't been a whole lot of expectation with the team. So when you see a team, you know, kind of like the Oklahoma city thunder this year, yeah. nobody expected anything, but everybody loves watching them because of, how hard they're, and now they're, you know, on a roll. It's kind of like that with OSU. You know, they don't have that one guy that just knows how to take over a game, you know, that we've, that Oklahoma State has had, you know, in the past years. And uh, they're still looking for that guy. I think we're going to have that guy, you know, <coughs> excuse me, here, here in another year, you know, maybe in Cunningham. But, yeah. but right now we just don't have that. I'm going to, put it on my shoulders. I'm going to make something happen, Yeah, you know, type of guy. But what you have is a bunch of guys that just that play hard. People like watching and it generates a lot, a lot of excitement uh, and a lot of respect from the fans. And so I, it, I hopefully this place is back and they're rocking and they're ready to go against uh, West Virginia. And uh, if I hear the term press Virginia, <laughs> like I'm, I hate watching those games because I'm like, 
quit saying it. Yes, they're great, great at the press, you know. But golly, move on. It's like a, you know, never-ending song that you get stuck in your head, and you just—it's almost getting as bad as well. Nothing will ever be as bad as the Boomer. No, no. But uh, (laughs) anyways, yeah, it's going to be exciting tomorrow night. Big game, eight o'clock. I think it's on ESPN two. Yeah, yeah, and um, it 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 will be great. And it's uh, again, there are no easy games, so you just got to come out and uh, do do your best, take care of business, and and uh, I think Boynton will have the team ready to play. Well, Jared, flipping over to the women's side, they started conference play as well, and they were able to come out with a victory, beating Kansas sixty-seven to forty-nine. So they improved to ten and three on the season, and they actually gave Kansas their first loss of the year and they were led by the junior uh, duo of Vivian Gray and Natasha Mack and and Jared uh, Mack finished one block shy of a triple double she had 25 points 20 rebounds and nine blocks and uh, the way I understand um, uh, the way I understand it she was actually called for a foul on what would have been her 10th block late in the game and uh, I didn't see it so I don't know if it was a foul or if it was like a, a questionable call but um, great performance 27 points for for Gray and um, we've kind of become used to, to seeing the plus 20 performances from her and um, I think that's the the second time this year now that Mac has had a 2020 performance um, so pretty awesome yeah, and speaking of, but she she knew it too. She knew she was one shy because if you you know if you watched her post game interview, you know she was like, man, I was you know I was trying to get that you know because it ain't what it, it's only been like it would have been what the second time in Oklahoma State cowgirl yeah something history like that or something that it, that had been done. So I mean, uh, I you know I, I I'll be perfectly honest. I don't catch as many girls games as I do you know, guys, but the, I, I do keep up with them, yeah. but it's one of those teams that it, it's one of those years that I hadn't really thought about it too much. And they, they've just kind of been sleeping on me. And then, and then all of a sudden, Hey, wait a minute, we might have ourselves a good little team here. I don't know how great Kansas is. Uh, I mean, they were, like you said, they were undefeated. I don't know, you know, but what does that mean? I don't, I, you yeah. know, I'm not, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> who they've played is is you know worthy of saying hey this is a true undefeated team that big time you know win or whatever but regardless they were undefeated they hadn't beat we beat them in conference play they're now zero and one we're one and zero so it, it was a great win and it caused a lot of excitement around this girls team. Yeah, and and I think you know, I mean, we're we're in the same boat. We don't watch a, a lot of women's basketball, and, and I feel like we should watch more because you know, Jared Jim Littell has really, if nothing else, has made that program ultra competitive. And yeah. you know, he was able to to kind of take what Kurt Budke had built, um, and and really you know build a team that you know is always going to be competitive. That's that's capable of winning big games. And so yeah, by the end of the season, we don't know exactly where this team's going to finish in terms of the the Big Twelve and in in the NCAA tournament. But he just always seems to get the best out of his players. He seems to recruit at a at a high quality level. And I mean, because we we do know, you know, women's basketball tends to kind of lean more like you know college football in that there 
there are legit blue blood programs yeah. that, yeah. you know, they get their, their pick of the talent in most cases. And so it's hard to, you know, there's a big difference between maybe being a top eight team and then being everybody else. And, yeah. but, but I do feel like Latell has done a good job of building this program to being in that 20 to 30 range every year. And, you know, from where they were when we were in college, I think they would win like five games a year. Um, you know, that's, that's nothing to, to hang your head about. I mean, you know, he's got them as a perennial top 25 team. And, uh, I think that just proves that they bringing him in to, or bring it, moving him up after the Butkey tragedy, um, was a, was a great move by Holder. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, and you know, I say I don't keep up with them here. It's, it's not a, I don't want any chance I get when they're on TV. I, I find myself watching, you know, yeah. I want to watch but you know girls basketball isn't as you know as uh seen on tv as much as you know some of the other sports and stuff so that's it's just more of a struggle to be able to catch them you know uh in action all the time but i hey i enjoy watching them and like you said coach has got them got them playing hard and they always find themselves around um either the bubble or in the ncaa tournament they're always right there um you know make it a name and you know it's been probably oh five six years since um i'm trying to think of it, the name well i'm having a hard time i don't know if it's the chemo brain that's what they call it you start losing your memory but uh i'm having a hard time remembering names but um um a few years back when they had that kind of run in the ncaa tournament and they were you know they were pretty uh pretty they had a lot of excitement that year we we haven't i'm trying to think and the name will come to me here in a minute you're not but, talking uh, about uh, uh riley are you yes R- riley that's who i'm talking about you know that year when they kind of she was kind of you know everybody knew who she was on campus she was kind of the the face of the women's basketball and people were excited about it and they kind of had that run that's kind of what i'm seeing with this team yeah. You know, this year, pe- people are starting to learn, learn names and be like, hey, we, you need to watch out for this girls team. So, so I'm excited to see where, you know, Latell takes them and, and, and what they can do and accomplish. And they're off to a great start. Anytime you can start one and all in a conference, that's that's a plus. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, it's it got a long way to go, but uh, a great start for the Cowgirls, and they will uh, travel to Norman on Wednesday night and battle OU for the first round of Bedlam in, in women's basketball. And um, so, yeah. Uh, one last thing to cover, Jared, the Cowboys uh, wrestling program. Uh, it was a slim victory, but they were able to bring home the Southern Scuffle title. And uh, did, were you able to keep up with that? And what were what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, um, I actually watched pretty much the whole thing on okay. uh flow, flow wrestling you know you pay that subscription and you're gonna watch as much as you can because it's not like it's cheap <laughs> yeah so but uh no they you know we've talked about the cowboys this year being kind of one of those years it's kind of a mix and match kind of seeing fill in the gaps fill in the voids of uh you know fix isn't there he's on his red shirt for the olympics and all that stuff and and then we've got some big recruits coming in next year. And so th- we're really looking at next year and then and the year after that, this team being back in the con- contention of, Hey, we're, we're, we're fighting for a national title. This year is kind of a, let's kind of, let's scrap and see what we got. And that's kind of what we got out of the seven scuffle. First, we, we, we would have had a bigger, 
you know, margin of victory, you know, had like Boo Llewellyn. Llewellyn wasn't, he didn't, they, you know, they always have their, their skin inspections, you know, during weigh-ins and all that stuff. And, and he didn't pass the skin inspection. And so he didn't even wrestle. Hmm. Uh, and so we were without a lot of points, you know, there. But as far as who, you know, impressed me, you know, I'm I'm getting more and more impressed by some of our freshmen, Whitlake, Whitcraft. These these guys are putting together some 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 big matches. Uh, you know, Pitch is going to do his thing. Um, he 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 was kind of different this tournament because it, the 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 matches you just expect him to get bonus and dominate in were close matches, and then and then the 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 matches that were supposed to be tougher he was blowing them out. And so like, you didn't know what you were going to get with Piccinini, but you know, he ended up winning the thing and you know, he's still, uh, you know, kind of on a roll there. So, but Gefeller, Gefeller looks good. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, he didn't end up winning it, but he, uh, I thought he looked well. He didn't look, I didn't think he looked as sharp there in his, in his final match, but, um, come to say this was his first tournament back first, you know, this is kind of his, his, uh, opening to the year uh have you you know if you will and uh joe smith it was kind of it was his debut and he started off looking solid i mean we were like hey he's got back and then and then uh he had a stumble where he didn't i think probably when you're cutting all that weight and you finally make it back you're you're going to take some lumps just until you get your feel for hey i've just been you know i've been working so hard you know cutting all this weight and uh when you finally get there you know it's it still takes you a bit to to adjust to, you know, the, you know, what you've done to your body as far as, you know, and, and they're doing it the right way. I'm not saying that they're doing it the wrong way, but, you know, they're making sure it's, that's why he hadn't wrestled all year. Yeah. They're making sure he's getting down he's ready, but still it takes a toll on your body. And, and you can kind of tell that, you know, he's, he's been working at that, but, uh, regardless by, uh, when it's time to count, I think Joe's going to be back, um, there and you know always with the shot he's got a very tough uh bracket you know uh weight class there at 74 that uh, just you know penn state usually has the knot on that one but uh hey you never know with him but there's a lot of exciting things with the young guys like i said uh with lake with craft um they look good and and uh I just thought, all in all, I thought we had a good turnout to the scuffle, and I, there was a couple of matches I know John wasn't probably too happy with, you know, that we could have done better. But overall, um, I thought we had a good showing, and you know, we we topped it off with a you know a, a scuffle champion. You know, we we uh, brought home the the hardware for it, so that's always good. And yeah. you know, the sudden scuffle is always you know it's it's one of the big main tournaments you know you got the midland out there that was you know the week before and and you have the scuffle that's always a big one so it's always good to uh to capture the championship uh when you're wrestling that one so a lot of excitement a lot of good things a lot of interesting things um you know when we get boo llewellyn you know he passes his skin you know we've had a couple i i want to see how these skin uh 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 what am i saying these these uh the test, but t- yeah, see how these go because I, I just that's you know it cost us you know against like Lehigh when we wrestled Lehigh we had the same incident with one of our wrestlers um, you know where where he didn't pass the skin test and then you know it puts you in a bind I just I don't know 
it's always sketchy to me. Some of the guys that are <laughs> that are doing these tests, like, like you know, come on, man. But anyways, um, a lot of I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun year. But I will say this: this year Iowa is back. You know, okay. they wrestled in the they wrestled in the Midland, uh-huh. and I'm telling you, they have. I mean, I think at one time they've had eight eight of their guys ranked number one. Like they all their guys ranked like in the top three. Like eight of their guys or so. Like I, I'd have to go back and look at it to to see for sure. But they are loaded and they are stacked. And I watched them at the Midlands and they look good. And uh, I think they're going to put up a fight. Listen, I don't. Nobody likes rooting for Iowa. But Iowa is good for wrestling, and anytime they're back in the hunt, you got the Iowas and the Penn States, Oklahoma State, all contending. It makes for a fun wrestling season. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, a lot of excitement, a um, lot of lot of uh, questions out there as to who will end up with the you know Wyatt Sheets. I didn't even mention him. Yeah. Hey, he he looked good. He wrestled well, uh, you know, in the scuffle, and so. There's a lot of there's just a lot of question marks, but there's a lot of like as far as like how, how's this going to turn out, you know, just kind of plugging guys in. But it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, this in some ways is kind of like a transition year. But you know, with uh, Coach John, um, even a transition year is going to be a competitive year. And yeah, um, so absolutely. so they're going to be in the hunt. Their next bout is on Sunday, January 12th. They'll host Northern Colorado. And um, so that'll be their next one. They're actually home on their ne- for their next three bouts. So th- that'll be nice for the team. And uh, if you have a chance to, to be in Stillwater, uh, go check it out. And, uh, you know, Jared, I mean, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm not the, I'm not at all like a real wrestling fan. Like I, I appreciate it. I, I want OSU to be competitive, but if you ever go to a wrestling match, it's like something unworldly. Like it's just something you've never experienced before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Especially, you know, especially if you catch a big one, like at Iowa or, yeah. you know, something like, I mean, they, they'll put the curtains down and, and you know, I remember, uh, I don't remember if it was last year or I can't remember, but, uh, we were wrestling and they put the curtains down and then they end up having to raise the curtains because yeah. it, you know, Gallagher was that, that full. And it just, you know, when you got that many people hollering too, you know, and it's just, it's awesome. It's a cool thing to do. Like you said, even if you're not a big wrestling fan, man, it pay six bucks or whatever it costs to, to go to a duel and, and get in there. Heck, half the time you can find free tickets. Yeah. And so get in there and just experience uh, Gallagher for, for what it is and the, the tradition for what, you know, Oklahoma State wrestling is. And it, it, it's fun. And you may not know what you're watching, but when you hear everybody else applauding and hollering and yelling, you just tend to jump right in there. And so, yeah, it's fun. I love it. And and I love, you know, I put a little shout out. I love, um, you know, I'll talk about wrestling. I, I, I'm not the best at covering it either. I, I keep up with it and, you know, I watch it as much as I can, but you know, I, we have a local boy around here from, he's from Cushing and I know him. He went to school with my brother, Seth Duckworth. And I'm telling you this, this kid, covers wrestling and he if you if you ever want to know what's going on in the wrestling world go follow seth duckworth he's actually i think working doing a little stuff for flow wrestling now so oh, okay i so didn't know that he, i knew he was uh, doing pistols yeah. firing but 
He's still, I think he's still doing that, but he's, they've actually put him on doing some flow stuff because he's that good a rider. And he, 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 I mean, he gets in there and he knows his stuff, you know, when it comes to, to wrestling. So he's a good one to follow, to keep up with, you know, what's going on, uh, in the wrestling world, especially, you know, Oklahoma state. Well, cool. Well, Jared, uh, we need to wrap it up, but before we go, I, w- I want to just kind of mention one thing that happened this week. Uh, I was at home just flipping, uh, through all the various ESPNs and on ESPNU of all things, they were playing the 2001 Washington state versus Oklahoma state NIT basketball game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of all things, I did see that. well, I, I come to find out the reason is they were doing a series on ESPNU called like before they were pros, and that yeah. game I I remember that game as the Clay Thompson game because Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah. Uh, he finished with 24 points, but I remember he, uh, or 21 points, but I remember he had 14 in the first half and just like, everyone was like, at that time, no one knew who he was. You know, I was like, who's this Clay Thompson guy? Um, but I was just kind of watched, I watched, ended up watching the first half and, um, the Cowboys ended up losing, uh, in the game, but I was just like, of course this is the Ford era, but I was, let me just read some names that were on this team and you tell me if you remember them or not. Okay. On OSU's team? On OSU's team, yeah. Matt Pilgrim. Yeah, I remember him, yeah. Okay, Marshall. But I I don't – I couldn't tell you stats. Let's put it that way. Marshall Moses. Yeah. Redger Dow. Kind of. Okay. He started. He was a starting guard. Uh, Keaton Page. You remember Keaton, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick Sidorkas. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he started. So that was the five starters for Oklahoma State, and I mean, I I don't I shouldn't even chuckle, but you know, because there are a couple dudes on this team. But Matt Pilgrim, you said you didn't remember stats. He finished this game with seventeen and eleven, but he was the transfer from Hampton University. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he was he was a big dude. Uh, Moses uh, couldn't stay out of foul trouble, unfortunately, but you know he he had his moments. Keaton yeah. uh, finished with eleven points, but then on the bench, here's a name that I totally forgot about. J.P. Olakimi. J.P. Olakimi. Like, I totally forgot about him. Then Jared Shaw, big man, played. And then you had a freshman, Markel Brown, who was in his freshman year, had 10 points off the bench in that game. And I will tell you, even as a freshman, he was quite the athlete. (laughs) Yeah, so we, we could use a Markel Brown right now. Yeah, that that is true. Um, and well, we could really use a Keaton Page who can shoot and yeah. create his own shot. Um, uh, for this team right well, now, he's on the bench. He's, he's just not where you know we need him. He is. Um, but anyway, I saw that and I was like, boy, there's some guys on this team. First of all, there were a couple dudes on those teams, which you know, Travis Ford was never short of dudes. He just never. Right. Um, he he just maybe wasn't the best X's and O's guy. But um, but then there's some names that I was like, whoa, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> but yeah. hey, it was kind of and fun. If you're, if you're like me, like I can't ever remember. Years run together for me. So I can mm-hmm. spurt off all these names and who all played and stuff. But when you start saying which years, I have to go back. Okay, what did we do? Like, yeah. who was on that? So it, it is, it's always fun to me going back and, and, you know, picking a year and then going down through the roster. Oh, this was that year we had. Yeah. So and so and so and so. Because it's always, it just runs, OSU sports run, runs together for me. You know, yeah. you have your guys that can, you tell them, hey, who, who started in, you know, 2005? And, you know, you can, 
you could start naming them, which I think five was the Graham years, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the, the 0405 season was Graham's, uh, Lucas, yeah. uh, Bobbick, yeah. McFarland. It was the, yeah. that was a sweet 16 year. Yeah. So some of those, yeah, four, right? yeah, yeah. Some of those yeah. years, yeah, I agree. It's like it's easier for some than others, just depending yeah. on probably where you were in life. <laughs> yeah, but I, it, it, Clay Thompson would have been one of those. Clay Thompson was one of those. Why? Who, who is like you said? Who is this guy? Everybody always has that. Who is this guy that always does their best against Oklahoma State? Yeah, you know, you know, they're not there. They're a lot of times we'll shut down the best player and then the kid that that nobody even really talks about much is lights him up which you know he might have been talked about nationally at that time i don't know i don't remember but i i didn't remember much of him you know you know when i was i couldn't have i couldn't have said oh yeah i remember back in 2011 when yeah. we played against like Thompson. you know i wouldn't have remembered that so it's yeah. pretty interesting yeah, I just thought it was funny. It was on TV. I was like, why would they be showing the NIT basketball game from 2011? But there it is. Um, it was to show off Clay Thompson. So, um, but hey, you know, there's yeah, that's one great thing about sports and specifically Oklahoma State sports is you carry these memories with you. Sometimes they run together, but uh, overall, there are things that become a part of who you are as an Oklahoma State fan. So, um, you know, it's fun. It's to- one of these days, maybe we'll have that. Uh- uh, the Eddie Sutton film, you know, yeah, I've been they they've kind of been trying to get that thing back up and yeah. going or something. Yeah, but. we we retweeted something from them. Uh, they they posted an update. There, the the film is finished, and so now they're yeah. they're in that that they're they're wanting to try to get as wide of release as possible. Like they're not wanting to just put it up on yeah. you know net uh, Netflix or you know without anybody ever hearing about it. So they're they're going to try yeah. to do a couple festivals. And maybe with a festival, get like a actual you know movie studio to to put it in theaters and stuff like that, um, and then yeah. maybe broker a deal with a Netflix or you know Apple Plus or you know who whoever might might be. But the good news is the film is done, and um, it it sounds like it's going to be everything a Oklahoma State fan wants um, in a documentary specifically about Coach hey, Sutton. I will tell you, I got to do the private screening of it. Oh, you and did. It is- no, but that would have been awesome. Oh, okay, I was like, "Boy, you've been holding out. What the heck, man?" Yeah. No, that would have been. Awesome. I've always wanted to say that. Be one of those guys would be like, "Yeah, I just went to the private screening, and man, it was great." Well, no, I, it I it awesome. is exciting. Like I, I'm looking forward to to seeing it whenever um, and wherever. I just. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked about it before. You just want what's best. Uh, you want the best things to happen to Coach Sutton before it's too late. And um, I yep. think this film is an opportunity to, to to expose the story of Coach Sutton to people who may not fully be aware of it. As OSU fans, we're, we we feel like we're probably more aware of it than than most, but I bet there are things even we weren't aware of um, that, sure. that will come out. The first they need to take it, the first people they need to take it to is the daggum Hall of Fame people. Yeah make them watch it because it's just I just we don't we need to talk about that I yeah. just get fired up well he is once again he's a, he's uh, on the ballot you know for for entry breath. and so but uh that, that's all we'll say about it for now. But Jared, uh, we, we, we need to hit the road. And um, it's another great week of uh, covering Cowboy sports. And, and it's always great to, to share this time with you. Do you got anything else before we go? No, I need to go burp. Well, and that's a new term. That's a different term for me these days. So. And uh, it's not what you think it is, listener. 
unless unless you know. So uh, for for Jared Kennedy and uh, his needs, uh, I'm Jason Evans, and this has been the Loyal and True Podcast. We hope uh, you'll uh, have a great week, and we will see you later.